thank you so much for tuning in to the Bernie Bros podcast, where we celebrate Bernie Sanders, the greatest almost <laughs> president uh, that that we wish we had of, of all time. Uh, and today we are here with a very special guest who's actually uh, shot some amazing photos with uh, with the man himself, God King, Bernie Sanders. <laughs> yes. Uh, Waleed Azami, thank you for joining us here today. Of course. Thank you for having me. And uh, Waleed, seeing as uh, you've actually shot photos with Bernie Sanders, I thought there'd be nobody better to uh, to have on the show today. And we're going to count down our uh, our, fav- our favorite uh, Bernie moments here. So uh, I'm going to start uh, with one of my favorite Bernie moments. Uh, I wrote the damn bill. You guys can check it out. That's a, that's a <laughs> memeable one uh, from the Democratic debate. I believe that was a response to someone named Tim Ryan. I have no idea who that is. Uh, second, second coming up here. Uh, I don't want to get political, but I am running for president. Another another great memeable moment. And uh, and of course, when uh, the esteemed Killer Mike from Atlanta yes. call, called Bernie yeah. Sanders young man. I'm going to put that uh, <laughs> at, at, at number one. Unless, unless Waleed has a better number one. Do you have a better number one Bernie moment? Listen, I you can't, you know, like picking Bernie quotes is like trying to pick your favorite child. It's just not, <laughs> it's not fair to the other quotes. All he wanted, all he wanted was for us to have health care and to get out of crippling debt. That's all the man wanted. Yeah. And uh, and seeing as it was quite a while ago that he ran for president, you guys have solved all that stuff now, right? Like uh, corporations there in check, health care. It's perfect, right? (laughs) How's Joe working out for you guys? Yeah, well, I don't know, man. We have our own problems here in in Canada. I don't know if you uh, I don't know if you follow health care. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. We do have healthcare, so so there's yeah. there's that. Yeah, you probably don't follow Canadian politics too closely, but uh... not very closely. <laughs> but I am political, and I do watch. But the American media doesn't allow you to really watch anything outside of the circus that the... is being orchestrated at the moment. That's true, man. Us. Yeah, the American media uh, bleeds over the border here too, and and we end up uh, kind of caught caught in all of that madness as well. But we're not here to get political because we're not running for president, and this isn't even. Let me the have burn- a sip of my. Wa- <laughs> let me have a sip of my water. Of oh, my that's amazing. <laughs> Dude, couldn't have planned it better if we actually <laughs> planned it, which I swear we didn't. Uh, but this isn't the know, this isn't the Bernie Bros podcast. But you still you're still here, and it is the. I'm still uh, here. It's the Photo Friends podcast, in fact, but it's going to work out because uh, you are a photographer, so <laughs> so that should help. Uh, and today we are going to talk about uh, how you can get some really good clients, maybe even some some famo celebrity clients, uh, if that sounds good to you. Let's do it. Okay, well, we are going to do that. But before we can do that, because this is a real official professional podcast, we have to thank our sponsor, which is CloudSpot, which is, uh, you know, the easiest way for photographers to deliver and sell their photos online. And normally I have like a scripted thing here, but I'm going off script this time, guys. You don't want to uh, just send that WeTransfer link to your clients anymore. You want to send them a nice gallery. You want the downloads to be easy. It's going to make the client experience better. It's going to save you time as well as a photographer. And as Waleed knows, when you're a photographer, time is money. I guess that's true for everybody, but especially for photographers. And uh, yeah, if you want to save some time and you want to impress your clients, you click that link, you'll get 50% off of CloudSpot. And uh, Waleed, let's get into it, man. Uh, Tell us about your background, because I think that that's like probably a super interesting thing for the listeners to hear about. Like your your life story, I think, is fascinating. For sure. Thank you. Um, Well, professional is just kind of how I became on this earth whatever feels right <laughs> i'll give you a little <laughs> how, how well, you arrived on this earth well i was flying through space as an astral body yeah <laughs> kind of bumped into this place um well let's just go off of what you said um time is money off of the sponsor and i i started my career with madonna who used to always say Time is money and the money is mine. Let's go. And and it was like a way to kind of get us to move faster. But um, probably that quote, I've heard so much. Time is money. The money is mine. I'm like, we got it. But I started, um, well, I started my career with her. And I was going to go be a high school teacher. I was going to be a history teacher, to be exact. And um, total nerddom right there. But um, 
I wasn't. Yeah, I guess I just wasn't happy. I, I did. I wasn't happy with any like traditional jobs, but I was going to do that because we're refugees from Afghanistan. And so um, it's so disrespectful to your parents if you don't do what they want you to do, especially like Middle Eastern or any kind of foreign parent. So I went through that. And to this day, I always like every time that person comes across my mind, I say a little prayer for them. The person that lost my application to the teaching credential program, God bless them. God bless them because I had a semester to kind of sit on my butt and figure things out. And in that semester, I was like, I think I should just go for this, but I didn't know what this was. And so, um, many arguments with my parents. I, they were like, so-and-so's son is a doctor already. Look at our son. He's not doing anything. And kind of had to like really hit my, one of my first rock bottoms. And um, I, I just literally ended up getting an internship for Madonna's film company called Maverick Films, which is not as successful as Maverick Records, which is not as successful as her career. So that's kind of like where I started. Um, I never took a photo class. I never, um, I just kind of got pushed into the deep end of the pool after working with her for almost two years. Um, I, ooh, Jared, I'm not doing the best job in this intro. How am I doing on this <laughs> I think one? You're, I think you're killing it, yeah. But it's, I'm with friends, so this is good. They'll understand. You're with um, friends. That's my background. So I just basically started, I'm, I'm a self-taught photographer. Uh, one of my very first clients was Usher. Um, I would... He had no idea that I was learning photography on the job with him. So we would work till like three or four in the morning. I was this personal photographer. And then I would like go to my hotel room and sit on YouTube and type dumb things like how to take a photo with natural light, you know, how to use a 50 millimeter lens. Like <laughs> what, the what, most is, what is F-stop? <laughs> oh my god yeah yeah what is an f-stop that was written on my little blackberry curve um so i'm just a self-taught photographer i've learned a lot of things i have unique names for things that sometimes if i'm talking to someone that went to film school they love to make me feel bad about not knowing certain terms or theories i'm like but i hired you yeah. Um, I don't know. I think that feels a little bit of a sprinkle. I'm a hardworking guy that really wants to help the photo community do better. And feel free to dig in. That was probably yeah. one of the worst intros, <laughs> but it was on the spot. Yeah, it's all good. I, I thought it was solid. I mean, a lot a lot of the stuff was Thank in you. there. Yeah, uh, we got the vibe. You know what I mean? Like uh, your background yeah. and, and stuff like that. Um, and, and some of the type of work that you've done, right? I mean, I'm I'm mostly, to be honest, uh, you know, Madonna. Yeah, Usher. Yeah. yeah. But but I, I, yeah. I think I think what the listeners really want to hear about is uh, is Bernie Sanders. So how did how did you got how did you guys actually get hooked up? Like, were you shooting directly for him? Were you shooting for the campaign? Did you get to meet him? What's he like? All of these type of questions. I know I, I maybe it's boring to you, but uh, for, for our listeners, we're, we're all big Bernie fans over here. So are you guys all I'm going to I'm going to I'm look for a photo of my phone while okay. I'm talking to you. That's OK, because cool. it's my um, so I will say that I was beyond starstruck, beyond yeah. starstruck. And I'm just I'm starstruck by people that really want to use their platform to help others. Now, I understand that if there's like Hillary fans here and Trump fans and people like that, I almost respect your right to have a different opinion. <laughs> no, I'm joking. I think that we should respect other people's rights to vote how they want and, and everything. But something about Bernie is that he has stayed so consistent and just wanting to help humans. And there's photos. I mean, it's all documented, you know, um, and he was fighting for civil rights before it was cool to fight for civil rights. But I, okay, I'm, I'm gonna tell you guys, I've never really told this story. So this is the first one of, I'm just picking random photos from my phone, where this was like, at LA, like, um, his rally in LA. And it was the day after my birthday. Okay. So for legal reasons, I'm just kidding. But here's what happened. Okay, so I got out of bed. And I was like, you know what, F it, I'm just gonna go. So the shirt that I slept with is the shirt I showed up with uh, to the rally. I didn't even comb my hair. 
Okay. I got there. I got there on the train and I was way, way in the back. All I can say is I was just not happy with it. And I had a blackout moment. The next thing I know, I swear to God, the next thing I know, I caught myself midair as I hopped over the fence and I ran towards the back of the stage. Um, I ran towards the back of the stage and somehow by, by luck, I ended up in the group of people that got to stand behind him at the speech. Okay. They're all wearing blue colors and neutral colors. I have a lime green shirt and they all got the media training. I did not. So the media training See, they, is they could have green screened in a different color shirt. Anything, you, the you know what? There you go. And that's on them. Yes. And, uh, and they didn't. <laughs> so first of all, I'm a big fan of this man. And I was, I can't believe I just showed up and I ended up behind him on the stage, but I didn't get the media training that they all got on the side of the stage. Mm. And it was, I literally, there was a bunch of people. I just ran into one group and I'm like, what's this about? People are like, we're going on stage. I was like, okay. And when I got to the, there was a girl, a volunteer, as you go up the steps, she's like, where's your uh, wristband? And I just looked at her with the most pathetic look on my face probably and i was like this please <laughs> please and she's like go ahead so i went up there and i didn't get the media training and um so they say if you yawn twenty-five thousand people are going to yawn if you look up at the helicopters twenty-five thousand people are also going to look and see what's going on you are basically you're going to orchestrate what the crowd does didn't get that I was just so happy to be there. The opportunities, just looking up, taking my phone, taking pictures of the crowd, something you're not supposed to do. And I was already out of it because I just literally jumped out of bed. I went, I got on the train after the speech um, and I went underground. I went to the train and someone's like, you were on stage, weren't you? And I said, yeah. I said, did you see me? And they're like, she said, yes. My husband thought you were on drugs the whole time because you kept like <laughs> moving the whole time. I was like this and just so happy. When I tell you, I have endless photos from the stage. I was just well, like, you can send me some of them. I'll uh, I'll put them on our Instagram. There you go. Totally. I'm so happy to do them. that. But in the process, I, I started researching who was who ahead of time, just like who was a campaign advisor? Who was this? Who was this? And I met a couple of the people. And I just put like a face to it, mm -hmm. you know, and, and to the name. And that was it. I never asked. Then he came back to Long Beach a couple months later. Long story, but it's about Bernie. He deserves all the time. He came back to Long Beach, California, and he had a small impromptu one that was like one day warning. 5,000 people showed up for Bernie. That was a very, very small crowd. I've now by now memorized his speeches and everything. And I was like, how do I get to be close to Bernie Sanders here? Okay. So I realized we've been working with Madonna. The staff aren't in the front row. They're not in the back row. They're always on the sides. Also, you guys want to work with celebrities. You're going to concerts. Look for the sidewalls, never the front, never the back. Okay. That's how you meet the manager. That's how you meet the publicist and everybody. Um, I snuck through the back, hopped another railing. I snuck through the back. They hired those guys with the yellow shirts that, you know, they don't care. They're just security. And I had written um, a note, uh, like, and printed it out saying, Dear uh, Ari is his name, campaign advisor. I'm a photographer. This is who I've shot. I would love to photograph Bernie Sanders. Um, this is my email. This is my phone number. And then before I left the house, I was like, you know, what if I get tackled? And like, what if something happens? So I printed two just in case, put one in the front pocket, put one in the back pocket. Bernie people are crazy. Anyways, when I snuck backstage again, I eventually saw the guy Ari and I screamed his name. I'm like, Ari! like complete screaming. And um, he walked over to me. I gave him my last note and I was like, Hey, I know you don't have time. Please read this. And that was it. Later on that night, he followed me on Twitter 
And they vetted me for like three or four months, researched my whole background. They called me. They were like, we like what you're doing online. We like your reputation. We like your work. Would you like to come on tour with Bernie Sanders for a, a small moment? And we're inviting photographers because the press is so unfair to him. We would want people outside the campaign to tell a story of all kinds of people that want this man to be the leader. Wow. I just gave you a whole bunch of stuff, but that's how I got with Bernie Sanders. I love that. And no, so you're, you're making my job really easy, man. Normally I have to uh, be the one who's talking on and on. So, so this is perfect. Yeah, yeah I love it. <laughs> yeah, I'll send crazy. you photos of me with the green shirt and the crowd looking like a heroin addict. Yeah, that'd be awesome. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> on drugs. So apparently, uh, yeah, all you really have to do is just be in the right place at the right time and uh, and be tenacious, right? And just being in the right place at the right time and being a little bit nuts as well, right? Like I think uh, just that that works too is kind of just be. Sometimes people say that I'm a bit intense, but I don't know. I find that like that that helps me out in a lot of situations, right? Like especially when you need to get into a, a certain spot in the crowd or whatever. Things don't move in life with non-intense people. Yeah. Sometimes you just need someone to just break through that wall, you mm -hmm. know? And yeah. And, and just be so persistent. Like persistent. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And that's really, uh, that's really how to, how to do it, which pretty much answers my first question, which was like how to get celebrity clients. <laughs> is there, is there more on that? Or is that really like the, is that really the key that tenacity and, uh, just, just being persistent? Tenacity. Um, a little bit of luck and then leverage heavy, heavy, heavy on leverage. So what happens is that people don't want to take a chance on you unless somebody else took a chance on you. So it's, it's really quite simple because I worked with Madonna in the beginning, it became a tiny bit easier for me because one of her parting gifts, no, her only parting gift from me was this. She was like, Oh, you can film me on stage for rehearsals if you want. And I was like, thank you. Like, I thought I was going to get like a $500 sweater or something, you know, like a nice watch or something. But the brains of this woman, she was like, she knew what I wanted to do without me even deciding yet. And she's like, you can um, record me on stage. So I have some shaky video of her on stage. I was able to pull about 20 seconds of that. But when I met with my first client for BTS video, they're like, oh, you shot Madonna? Oh, you got the job. And then that was used as leverage. And I got Sean Kingston and then Sean Kingston and Madonna together got me mm. the next one. And then it just kept adding. So you play the leverage game, be absolutely tenacious and um, don't go to the celebrity. They're, they don't care. They're so overwhelmed. Not oh, that they don't course. care. They're yeah. overwhelmed. Go to the person that's one or two circles out. Sometimes mm, not even yeah. the manager, but the yeah. assistant manager. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And do your research, like you mentioned, right? Like you're going to an event. Okay. Who's going to be there? Who do you want to talk to? Who do you want to take photos of? Who do you need to make sure that you meet? Right? Like yeah. you really do have to approach it uh, in a strategic way, I think. Right? Like otherwise you're kind of leaving money on the table, missing a lot of opportunities. You're probably going to be like working harder than you have to. Yeah. 100%. And also, uh, be absolutely human. As much as Hollywood is a really, really fake industry, mm -hmm. there's also deep loyalty, and sometimes to a fault. But um, there's so many people, like if you think to yourself, like here's an example. I went to an event with a friend of mine in the beginning of my career, and he introduced me as like, oh, this is my friend Walid. He's a photographer. And the lady who was an artist manager said, oh, hey, and just kind of walked by me as, as if I did not matter whatsoever. Yeah. I hate that about this town, but he's like, watch, not only does she not care, she didn't even register you in her brain. So then um, he said, he said, oh, hey, um, this is my friend Walid. He's Usher's personal photographer. And it's that leverage that really, really works. And she, when I tell you she had a five minute conversation with me, remember my name and everything. So use the leverage um, and also have human interaction with them at when I'm at an event. If I'm at a networking event, if I'm at a party, I never ask for the job ever, mm -hmm, ever. Mm -hmm. I ask for the friendship. I ask for the contact. I see what they're doing. I ask about them. Be quiet and ask about them because when you do that 80-20 rule and 80% is about them, they're going to remember you. 
And you have a sea of people that are like, me, 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 hire me, look at my phone, look at the photos I've taken. And then you have that one person that's like, what do you do? Oh, wow, that's amazing. How'd you get into it? You're going to be the one they're going to remember. And yeah. that's how you build the friendships. That it's, it's 100% true. It's, it's all about uh, that, like putting that salesiness like aside sometimes and really focusing on the building relationships, like the amount of times that something has happened just from being in the right place, running into somebody and just like talking to them, maybe grabbing a drink after it, maybe having absolutely no intentions of like getting work from That's that. It. And and then you hear from them like a couple of weeks later, even uh, my, like I've got this nice gig right now where I'm shooting concert photos, which is something that I like truly love doing. Right. And I got it just because yeah. I ran into uh, like a old coworker of mine, uh, <laughs> Elliot, who was organizing these concerts. And then he flew uh, back out uh, out west here, out to BC or whatever. And uh, and I thought, man, I'll probably never see that guy for years. And then, you know, soon enough, he's calling me saying, hey, man, let's shoot these concerts, blah, blah, blah. I'm going to be flying to Toronto and all this. So, yeah, you really just like, you really don't know what's going to happen, right? Yeah, be a human. <laughs> I, be a friend, right? Like, for, yeah. uh, just be a friend. Like, yep. the name be of your show. But it's just... It's amazing how many people don't do that. Like if I'm somewhere, there are people that will come up to me like, hey, man, do you have a card? I'm like, no, I even yeah. though I may have a card. Yeah, I haven't had more than 30 seconds conversation with you. Why do you want my card? Mm -hmm. Yeah, kind of makes me sound like a jerk, but I don't yeah. care either. No, I've had people at networking events who are just trying to collect cards because they like have to for some reason. I don't know. Anyways, yeah, that's not what I'm there for. I'm there for the beer. It's cringy. <laughs> The alcohol, which promotes good conversation, which yes, makes good yes, friendships. No, just I'm just goes. I'm just kidding. I wanted to, uh, yeah, a couple things. Like I, I did uh, check out your podcast, uh, and there are a couple things that were in there that really struck me, man. And I, I do want to draw out a couple of them, just because you know I think uh, our listeners can go catch up on your podcast. But I've got you here right now, so I've got the opportunity to really get to some things that uh, that I personally care about that I think the listeners might care about. This was such a cool thing that you brought up: the idea that photography is a luxury item. Do you want to go into that a little bit? Yeah, um, we are. And you need to act. Uh, so, okay. Okay. So photographers are, we truly, because it's funny. I just posted something about this on Instagram this morning, like a minute before we got on. Um, we're a luxury item, like it or not, um, because everyone has the phone and everyone can take a really decent photo. So they don't have to hire you. They don't have to bring on the, your service and they choose to. And so the, and they're paying a premium for it, hopefully, if you're doing it right. But remember, it you if you behave like a vending machine item, there's just no way that it's going to match because people are going to say, wait a minute, like people are excited to pay for photography. People are excited for their photo shoot. They're excited to kind of pay a good chunk of money. It, it's like a treat for them. Mm -hmm. And then when you do this, um, this hi, sure. No, I could do it for free. I could do it for real cheap. You killed their whole fantasy. It's yeah. like, it's like this. It's almost like if you find someone attractive from across the room, and then they put big smile, and it's like the worst smile you've ever seen. You're like, and I'm out. You know, yeah. it's just it's like such a buzzkill. Yeah, it's better to be a little bit coy from across the room and kind of play a little bit uh, hard to get yeah. and stuff like that. But yeah, man, just like when, when I heard that, just a, a switch went off in my brain and I was like, did it? Because I, I have been thinking a lot about, you know, like just this year, I've changed my pricing a lot. Uh, upgraded my gear. So I went from, uh, oh, obviously up, up. Yeah. In an upward okay, direction. Good. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> uh, upgraded my gear. I used to be shooting on uh, like a Canon uh, SLR and I upgraded to Sony mirrorless. I have the a7 IV now. So, you know, with that, buying some lights, getting audio equipment, um, doing a, like uh, so many people now are asking for, yeah, it's a photo shoot, but can you take some Instagram reels while you're there? And can you do this? So, yeah, yeah, I've just been like, man, I need to start charging more for this, especially because I end up caring so much. Sometimes I even care more than the client. And then I put extra work in just because I want to do it well and I want it for my portfolio. So I've just been thinking about that a lot. And then, yeah, like 
Frickin' Starbucks understands this very well, right? Like what they're selling you is a luxury item. Yeah, the thing that they're selling is a coffee that's probably what's worth what's it worth in the cup, man? Twenty cents, right? Like in a little that's, bit of ton, a, yeah. tiny bit of cream, but it's like three, four dollars, or you know, if you get like a fancy latte, whatever, seven, eight bucks, right? Like they yeah. they understand that. They understand that just what you said. Somebody wants to pay a little bit more because it makes them feel good, right? And it's it is a luxury item. It is something that you don't necessarily have to buy. You have to go to the grocery store. You have to buy groceries for your family or they're going to starve. You don't need to buy photo shoots for your family. They're, they're going to be okay without it. But, you know, it's one of those things that once you have it, you're like, damn, how did I live without this? Like when I get a photo shoot That's for it. myself done and I'm like, man, I've been using these old photos or trying to shoot them myself and the angles just aren't right. And getting someone who actually, uh, who I respect as a photographer, my friend Alexi to, to sit behind the camera and, and shoot some photos of me and see his perspective. Then I'm like, man, I, why was I dealing with these older photos when I have these nice, these opportunities didn't even cost me that much. Right. <laughs> like, I mean, that's exactly it. And it's also, um, you like, I hope that the photographers um, that are listening to this recognize that, you know, and I said this in, in another podcast recently too, we, we do so much and you got to understand your power. We launch books, we launch records, we launch world tours, we want launch clothing lines, we small businesses, restaurants, um, speaking engagements, uh, LinkedIn careers, dating profiles. We do all that. That deserves a really, really fair wage. Um, that deserves actually a luxury wage. Like we we can make or break so many different things. And and you're contributing so much to people's life professionally and personally. You got to charge for that. And and it's also a friend of mine, Eric Thompson, a producer, said once. Who are you to ruin their fantasy? So somebody says, dude, like, for example, for yourself, you're like he shot this person's concert and this person and this person. He's amazing. Uh, we, we we're going to pay him to shoot our live show because of his past successes. They're excited. They're excited to put extra money down. So we're a luxury item. But when you don't charge luxury prices, there's a disconnect in the client's head and they don't know why there's a disconnect, but something tells them there is a disconnect and this isn't working out and they move on to the next person. Yeah, that's it's totally fair. A lot of psychology game. Yeah, it is. A, it is a real psychology game. And I find that like, yeah, if you act in a way where you're a little bit timid and and you're afraid to ask for certain things and you're just... I don't know. I feel like you're trapping. I feel like you trap yourself a lot. I feel like especially with the type yeah. of business that we have, like the creative service business, uh, Jack Jackson, uh, another good uh, photographer here in Toronto, he was on the show recently and, and uh, he mentioned that he has a photography coach and that they were saying to him, like, you're, you're, you're in charge. You're, you're the one who makes the rules, man. Like you're sitting in the driver's seat. Don't sit here and like say, oh, you know, this happened to me and this happened to me. It's like you're kind of you're building a cage for yourself if you're doing that. Right. Like and you got to sit in 100 <laughs> percent. Yeah. So it's people want you to be in charge. Like mm. people really, really want that. And at the end of the day, you're going to get the most credit, more than the hair, more than makeup, more than anyone else. Oh, so yeah. you have to make the biggest decision. You're or like, blame, credit or blame. <laughs> or blame, exactly that. Yeah. So why not sit in that driver's seat and take full, full charge? I, yeah, yeah. I, I, I think that if I just want photographers to really know their power, Mm -hmm. And yeah. it's growing, by the way. Yeah. Don't you guys do not listen to people that say photography is dying. No one's, um, no one's paying. Those are the people that didn't make it very far. Yeah. And so now what they want to do is project that on you. But that's their narrative. That's not your narrative. And Volt, in fact, Vulture, um, Vulture magazine says it's going to grow twelve percent in the next ten years because everyone is a brand now. Mm -hmm. So there's so much work. Yeah, there's, I feel like there's a lot of, there's more work actually. I've, I'm busier than I've ever been. It's just more smaller projects. So instead of yeah. doing like a ridiculously huge, like corporate thing that you used to get now, you know, you'll get 
10 other smaller brands that approach you, which like, I kind of prefer to do that anyways, man. I, I, I like the, I like the creativity of that. I like the freedom of it. And like, not a saying, commitment guy. Uh, well, I, I, I mean, I hold in, I'll hold up my wedding ring. There you go. Yeah, 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 yeah. But uh, yeah, like I, I, I'm a commitment guy, but I also, I, I don't know. Um, Moving I, fast, fast, fast. Yeah. I move, I move fast, and I embrace chaos. Uh, so like, I, I don't really need someone to like handhold me through everything. Like, I, like I said, like this podcast, man. I've got notes over here. Am I reading them? Sort of, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> it's I, I like to just. I like to not force something to be something. I like to maybe meet it halfway, more of like a sculptor's approach to my to my shoots and to my business, right? Absolutely. Um, you're right. That's a really good way to put it, first of all, is that there's more jobs. There's just smaller projects, which allow you to build your portfolio at a faster rate than ever in the past and allow you to really hone down on your pricing and... Um, I will say this, though, that the majority of the jobs in my career, all the celebs, all the magazines, everything, the majority of jobs I've suggested, I haven't pitched, I've suggested, and people are paying you for your ideas, not for that body and the lens that you're holding. Yeah, yeah. So literally suggest it. Like if you run into someone, if you do want to work, let's say with a celebrity, um, and and also, yeah, so let me finish this thought first. Um, if you do want to work with celebs or high-profile people, um, they are generally surrounded by yes people who just want to keep their jobs. This is like the truest statement ever when so you're working true, with dude. celebs. So true. Right? They're just like, you're amazing. I'm like, wow, you let them go out like that, huh? Okay. Um, <laughs> you know? Yeah. But if you can thoughtfully construct an idea for them and they're like, wait, nobody is, has presented this to me. They're instantly like gravi gravitating towards you. Yeah. Um, tell people how they can do better. Appreciate, like tell them what you appreciate about them. Tell them what is just not connecting. And then that right there is what's going to make you come to the top of the pile every time. Yeah. People are paying you for your opinions. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. And you see, you see them come out of their shell a bit when you start, uh, when you when you talk to them almost as like an equal and they're not used to that or yeah when you're like giving them advice or you're directing a bit you see that happen where they're like man no, people are normally so afraid and this is a bigger this is hey man in the states I'm sure this is a thing but people in Canada are so goddamn polite that just like normal like frank conversation sometimes is perceived as rude and you know sometimes in order to get uh get the shot get the result like i guess you need to you need to communicate that way but in my experience most of the time when that happens it, it you'll get actually a better result and you know then you're kind of bursting through some of the bullshit there and and getting to the human being that you want to capture right 100 percent, jared one time i went to british columbia and we were sitting at a restaurant my friend darcy was there and she's like what is wrong with you? I was like, why is that? I was, I'm so LA now when I don't <laughs> like that, that she, the waitress was so nice that I thought she wanted something. Right. <laughs> and she's like, and she's like, no, you're just from LA yeah. and everyone there is cynical. We're yeah. just kind here. I was like, Oh, let me just relax for a second. Yeah. So Canadians are much nicer. Um, yeah. hundred percent. And here's a, 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 a hack too, for anyone that wants to work with, really like in demand people mm -hmm. the more you compliment them the more power you lose mm. so uh i was speaking with matt once on um matt's a, one of my producers and he i forget who we were working with and he's like oh i love your work i mean it's really brilliant and it's like genius and i was like don't say that it's not genius until you find the cure for cancer yeah okay it's not brilliant until you figure out the homeless situation they recited words very well. And so that's, you know, and so don't put people on the shelf. And so the more, like you just said, the more you treat them as an equal, the more they're like, why is this one different? Yeah. yeah. And they, they gravitate towards you. And it's mm -hmm. actually refreshing because they, they get to show a side of you that um, they normally don't show anyone else. Yeah. Yeah. They're dying to be human. 
it's weird the amount of uh, psychology that I, that I actually end up doing as a photographer. Sometimes I think I'll I'll change that Instagram, you know, photographer uh, slash psychologist. Like, <laughs> you you should you yeah. should. What doesn't need a license that you can just yeah. like life coach? Sure, sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess you do need a license to be, uh, yeah, yeah. All right, to be a psychologist, that's true. I don't know, man. There's some there's some uh, totally whacked out psychologists too, though. So who knows? Just because you just because you went to school for something, how? I know some people who went to film school that haven't made any films or shot anything. You know what I mean? Like, so. And those are the biggest critics, by the way. Yeah. Um, the ones that haven't done much are the biggest, biggest critics. Because if someone is actually doing something, um, they'll never critique you. So there's that too. Yeah. If they're a little bit too busy to uh, doing their own thing to be sitting yeah, around critiquing stuff. Like I do, I do appreciate a, a good critique though. You know, like I do appreciate when someone does tell me like, Hey man, you could do this a little bit better than, then that's always good. Especially even with like the, the way that I'm doing my business and stuff like that. Like that's another thing that I kind of want to get into. Um, sure. There, there's an idea of that, that I heard recently on a podcast that I really liked and it, it wasn't related to photography uh, directly, but it was related to like, art and uh and, and like being creative uh, i don't know if you've ever heard of the website uh homestar runner i have not or like strong bad emails i also have not okay so when we're done here you're gonna go on youtube you're gonna, gonna search go strong bad emails okay it's like one of okay. the <laughs> one of the foundational things on the internet that doesn't get enough credit so we're gonna shout out uh homestar runner it's from the flash days you know uh back in the day but okay. anyways the guys who created that they're super inspiring to me they're just two brothers they didn't set out to like really make money off of it they always turned down like licensing deals and stuff like that and what they said about their work is that you need to be in constant beta I love that term. Um, yeah. So I, I was wondering like what you think about that. Like, have you gotten to a place now, you know, like you're definitely sitting in a place where a lot of people and it's all a matter of perspective, right? It all, it's all where, where you're at, who, who you're kind of looking up to, but you've definitely gotten to a place where people are going to be looking up to you. So do you think that you have like, this is a very leading question. Do you have the perfect business or are you still evolving your business? <laughs> oh my God. No, I'm for the, for so the listeners. He's, uh, he's shaking his head. If you're not watching. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. I forget. I forget. Okay. I see the video. Um, <laughs> absolutely not. No, I think yeah. in a lot of ways, I, I think I'm a mess. Uh, be really, really frank with you. I, um, I doubt sometimes half of my decisions, but I go with it cause I trust my instincts. Right. Um, I, I also believe personally that if you ever, excuse me listeners for that cough but if you ever feel you're perfect and you don't have to do anymore that's when everything crumbles so keep it humble for sure too um i have goals that i always want to reach i have uh things that i want to upkeep i have people that i employ and i want to make sure that i'm doing a i i'm doing a good enough job to make sure that they can rely on the money coming in um no, I don't think so. And in fact, I like the constant beta uh, idea. Uh, a thing that I always tell people like in my course and all that is that every, so tell Siri, if you're on an iPhone or whatever Android does, um, hey, uh, block, what's, to, you know, like um, April, April 8th, 10 a.m., block out the, the hour for me and take yourself on a date go to a different coffee shop, go to a different location, grab a notebook, grab your iPad, whatever it is, and pretend that you are the competition. And then from their point of view, put you you out of business. So if I was, so I'm going to be, I'm going to be you, Jared, right? I'm going to go to a cafe somewhere and um, what do you guys say in Canada? Is it cafe, coffee shops? I'm just trying to be like, I'm not trying to be that American. We're, we're normal. We, got, we have Starbucks here like everybody else, man. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> um, so you'll go to a different Starbucks, kind of far away. So I just yeah. want you to be in a different space. Mm -hmm. Like physically, you look out the window. It's not something you see every day. Do this just two times a year. One hour with yourself for just 30 minutes minimum. You're going to go there and say, okay, if I wanted to put Jared out of business and I'm the competition and I'm the new guy or the new girl in town, what can I offer that he's not offering? What can I do better 
that he lacks in. And then that's how, that's literally how competition works, right? So make a list of everything that your competitor would look at and go, that's a weak point. That's a weak point. That's definitely an Achilles heel. Um, and then incorporate just one of them and come back and go and incorporate it before they actually incorporate it in their own business. So you For be sure, the yeah. first. Yeah, And yeah. that to me is, did I miss the whole idea of living in beta? But I feel like it's just always adapt, always keep growing. Yeah, I, I, That's don't, what I, do. I don't know why, but I catch myself in this trap all the time of I'll make a big change and then I'll be like, yeah, once I'm on the other side of that, I'm on easy street. And then I get there and I'm yeah. like, man, this street still sucks. <laughs> Where's there's gotta yeah. be, there's gotta be an easier street. <laughs> You know, do so, you want yeah. it to be easy though? No, I don't. It's true, right? Because yeah. yeah. you love the chaos. We all do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't really want how, it to be easy. Yeah. How boring would that be if each shoot was like done? Now, now you've become like a Sears or J.C. Penney family photographer, where it's everything's programmed mm. for you, and you just push the button. Yeah. No and, offense. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Anyone. And and then it, it, looking at that thing, like you were saying, from like a threat analysis point of view, if that's all you are, you know, Disney has those damn uh, cameras that are just in a little robot and it goes around and takes photos of people. And they had them at uh, some like tech events that I that I was at, although this was a, this was a very, a very powerful moment. So so I'll tell you guys about this. I was at Elevate conference. So I got hired to shoot photos there. Uh, OK, <laughs> so they had those little robot things that would drive around and they had a little camera in their head and it could like figure out where you are and you could like push its little face and it would take photos of you. Right. Uh -huh. <laughs> so on the first day I'm walking out. So I'm walking through the staircase and I see they've got the robot all open. They're pulling all its guts out. And I was like, all right, boys. So uh, photographers are safe for now. Eh? And the guys were like, yeah, dude, you, you, you You've been safe the whole time. <laughs> you know, I, like, I'm actually really glad you said that. First of all, I would it would be really cool to see like that robot too, right? Yeah. But if photographers are worried about AI mm. more than ever, because you should be worried about AI, um, more than ever, it is vital that you have an opinion. Because that's where AI hasn't reached yet. Have an opinion. Go with your gut. That's something that can, because we've all seen, like, if you look on the Instagram Explore page, you're like, shit, every photo. Sorry, I used a bad word, but. Oh, you're allowed every... to say shit, fuck, oh, everything. Oh, I can? Oh, all it's right, all cool. good. Well, well shit, <laughs> every photo looks the same. Yeah. Every, like, when you look at these trends on Instagram Reels or TikTok, every trend is the same. Good luck trying to stand out, y'all. Good luck trying yeah. to get the price you want if you're following these trends. Mm -hmm. So more than ever, you guys, please practice, like, having an opinion and dividing the room mm. literally offend half the room who cares yeah, yeah. it's not the canadian way we but <laughs> i know but i know i know it's, it's such an american thing <laughs> yeah you have to embrace your inner afghani your inner german or whatever it is that you have right yeah <laughs> yes we all have a little bit of that yeah yeah, for sure. You ha you have to, to, I think, uh, to survive in this industry, like, you know, entertainment is an industry, as you've mentioned, it's, it's full of interesting folks, I'll say interesting. Uh, <laughs> I, I, at the risk of uh, making this a, a too long podcast, I do want to ask you uh, a couple more things. And uh, totally, if, you, if people want to hear more, uh, they'll just have to go listen to your podcast, uh, and check out all your, uh, I'm going to say plethora to you. I'm, I'm using big words on the podcast today. Your like plethora plethora of content across the vast planes yeah. of uh of the internet but uh i want to talk a little bit about contracts here dude if that's okay and this is a specific question that Let's uh that's been that's been uh on my mind a lot lately like that part of my mind deep in the back of there that's kind of quietly screaming. <laughs> uh, let's talk about rights on photos, man. How, how do you deal with how do you deal with the rights oh. on photos uh, in, in your contracts and that are, are you know, especially if you're shooting for, uh, you know, Mariah Carey, uh, sh does she own those photos or are you on the photos? How does that work? Hell no. <laughs> I own them. Yeah. Hell no. Um, what you just said the right thing to the right guy. Okay, hold yeah. on. Okay. I'm holding can, on. Can I Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can I, I'm going to go on a tangent, okay? okay There's going to be um I'll use a big word too. There's going to be a cornucopia of oh, wow. information coming out, right? <laughs> but um 
here's the thing. I would say on any given year, between 40 to 60% of my income comes from photography, comes from rights and usage rights. Mm -hmm. So when photographers are giving that away, you're literally giving out your, uh, like we hear all the time about musicians selling their music catalogs, 100 Mm -hmm. million, 10 million, Mm -hmm. uh, whatever it might be. This is your intellectual property. You own it. And if you are in the United States, um, by the just federally on you own, you are the author of this. If they pose for your camera, they're consenting to you owning the copyrights, right? If they're in public, I mean, just don't be a jerk about it, you all but like, you know, you own the copyrights. Now, here's an example of how much money you could make on a, actually, let me just give you this because I told you I started with Madonna early in my career. On a given night, small arena uh, to a big stadium, it would be on t-shirt sales, merch sales, coffee cup with a picture on it, things like that. Anywhere from three to $500,000 a night on merchandise. Crazy. Crazy. They're not buying her music. I mean, they are by buying the concert tickets, but they're buying the artwork of the photographer, generally Stephen Klein, uh, of the photographer that is on that t-shirt. So they're making millions off of your artwork. So just getting the uh, the day of, sh- you know, basically the photography fee is not enough. That's just to hold you in. But there's three kinds of rights um, in photography. Well, actually, there's four. Okay. There's promo only. There is commercial. Is take out take out your notepad, guys. This is a note. This is a notepad part. <laughs> this is a notepad part. Yeah, you all have to sit through the long Bernie Sanders story. Yeah. But to get here, <laughs> here's what we do. Um, total capitalism now. There's promo rights. There are commercial rights, the second one. The third one is merch rights. The fourth one is buyout. And actually, there's a fifth, which is like the, the most professional kick to the balls work for hire a lot of photographers sign this because it's a cute little name see i'm for hire and you're paying me to uh, you're paying me to take the picture so i am working for hire no work for hire is like it's a cute little name to destroy you you just gave up all your rights to the point even that they can say you're not allowed to put on your portfolio you're not even allowed to say you took it Mm. so if you got a work for hire Put your pen down and start renegotiating. But let me just quickly go uh, on the on the main four. Promo rights just mean that um, you are allowing them to promote whatever project they have, their face, their album, their book, their restaurant, whatever. Okay, mm-hmm. that should come included in your photo shoot. So I will say in a contract, uh, this package includes eight photos, promo rights only. If they want to use one of my images for the cover of the record, then we negotiate a uh, a commercial right for only that particular usage. So you can't say, well, we bought the commercial rights. I'm going to put it on this, this, and this. No, no. Which project exactly, for how long, and which territories? The third one is merchandise rights, like the one when I spoke about Madonna's like t-shirts and merch and things like that. This is where they're making money no longer off of their work. They're making money off of your creativity. So you have the merch rights. That's a fat paycheck, you guys. So you want to make sure that they um, buy those also. Buyout is something that's like, hey, we don't want to keep coming back to you every time we want to negotiate. We have a new idea. So we want to buy a certain number of photos to use how we want. You can still retain the copyrights. We're buying like a lump sum usage fee. And you could, and then that's a higher fee. So I hope that, does that help a little? That helps a lot, man. Yeah. And uh, yeah. definitely I'm going to be opening up that Word document there and uh, and having a closer look at some of that stuff. Like, yeah, you don't need to, I think, you know, it's okay to get bought out, but don't come to the table already bought out, right? That's that's kind of the thing, and I think a lot of people, what myself included, put that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thanks, man. I I, I try my best. I mean, my job here <laughs> yeah. is to take the things you say and then just like make them quippier. <laughs> but, I don't uh, have yeah. the gift of abbreviating <laughs> at all. Well, yeah, that's why podcast is good for you. Instagram is going to be tough. Uh, 
but yeah, guys, don't uh, don't sell yourself short. Uh, realize that thing of uh, that you know, being a photographer, it, it's it, it's no joke, and and you you do have a celebrity power as a photographer. So it's maybe time that you start realizing that, and uh, and where you can start cashing in on that, because I know you guys are working hard. Uh, I see you guys out here on these shoots, and and we're all busting our asses, right? And we don't need to be, uh, you know, leaving money on the table here. No. Can I add one tip to the celebrity thing? If people want to work with celebs or high profile? It's a podcast. It's supposed to be long. Okay. Um, (laughs) Where you start is going to dictate where your career goes. So if you have... Okay, so if you start with, let's just say, uh, I, I see some photographers saying, I'm a celebrity photographer, but they but they photograph the girls from, or the guys from one of the dating reality shows. A, a they're not celebrities. B, when you do that, a Selena Gomez is not going to respect that. So find out where you want to go, wait until you get an opportunity in that arena And then that's the arena you're going to grow in. But you can't jump from reality TV to rock music. It's very difficult to jump from rock music to hip hop. It can be done, but it's very, very difficult. Um, I tried to jump to rock many times. I've done it, but I don't think I've made the big enough wave yet that I want to make. You know, and I've done Courtney Love. I've done uh, 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 Ricky uh, Martin as well, right? Yes, yes. So I've... Ricky Martin, I have Jennifer Lopez. That's my pop Latin English market. I have nice. um, a, a couple rock things. I have a lot in urban music, R&B, hip hop, things like that. But just be very picky, you guys, where you start. If you start with authors, you're going to probably go down the author route. And there's nothing wrong with that. Just not all celebrity lanes are the same. Yeah, yeah, because people are going to look at your portfolio, right? They're going to look at your port. Yeah. If the the main thing, uh, it comes up so often. Like, what if you want to shoot something, you got to have a relevant portfolio. Show people. Yes, I've shot this before. This is what it looks like. It's kind of the it. way to kind of the way to do it, man. I think you've provided so much value for people here today, Wally. Thank you so much, dude. Honestly, like, I'm going to listen to this podcast again and take notes. Like, that's how good it's been. So, thank you, thank you so thank much. Thank you very that, much for having me. Thank you. I appreciate it. it was fun. Yeah, awesome, man. Uh, if people want to check out uh, more of your stuff, you have uh, the Creative Caffeine is your podcast, right? Correct. Okay, and where else can people Correct. find you? Um, well, yeah, Creative Caffeine podcast um, on Instagram. I am Walid.Azami. And then my website where I help photographers is photographybusinesscourse.com. Right on. And uh, you guys are going to go over there. You're going to check that out. He's got all types of uh, great offers going on, different coaching and stuff like that. Uh, I listened to a few hours of his podcast. And like I said, I had quite a few revelations myself. So I recommend that you guys go and do that. Thank you. Yeah, no worries. Uh, Other stuff that I recommend you guys go and do. uh, You've got links uh, down below this podcast. You can check us out on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, all the podcast places. I'll put it on YouTube even, guys. I'm... Um, you know, as I said, we're hustling out here. Uh, I've, got a, spying, yeah. <laughs> I've got a Patreon too. Uh, and you can also check out our sponsor, CloudSpot. Get 50% off for yourself. It'll be wonderful. Uh, and before we get out of here, uh, again, I'm going against the ethos of the something random because I have a, a planned something random. Uh, it's a quote that I read today. Um, you know, as we were talking about embracing the chaos, I opened up a book of quotes and this is the quote that I saw. And... Uh, and I think uh, I think it's important. It's a slight mistranslation. Uh, this quote from a uh, president near and dear to our hearts. We just did a four-part series on this man, uh, John F. Kennedy, uh, yeah. and uh, he was uh, talking about the Chinese word for crisis. And like I said, it's a little bit of a mistranslation, but nonetheless, I think it's true. Uh, he said that the Chinese word for crisis has two characters. One represents danger, and the other represents opportunity. <laughs>